Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Parenting Club. Hello and welcome to the club, Hong Kong's parenting podcast with me, Justine Garrett. And me, Bath Bhaptani. If you're a new member of the club, then welcome. And if you're an existing member of the club, welcome back. I hope you've been getting through these last few hot, hot days here in Hong Kong and your kids haven't been just sweating out in front of you. How are yours? Are yours becoming like a puddle of sweat? Puddle, yeah. yeah. We're just the three of us are just a big sweat puddle. It's and it's, it's too hot to take them out. Yeah, it's too hot to do anything apart from being submerged in water. Yeah, and everyone's doing that. So you spend like an hour and a half in Kennedy Town <laughs> trying to get into the bloody pool. Yeah, there. yeah. It's, uh, That's a nice pool though. It's a really nice pool. I, I swear, like I was in my in my pool and my kid jumped in at the deep end and it was like it was a prime moment where a lifeguard should have just leaped into action didn't i mean thankfully i was also in the pool i went oh god no and was able to grab him before anything yeah. happened but it's like i looked at the lifeguards hadn't moved a muscle yeah i've had exactly the same experience i was fully clothed and i had to jump in with all my clothes on Bloody yeah. yeah he must have been asleep with the sunglasses on yeah only got one job saving lives Anyway, yeah. so so who do we have on today? So, I'm so excited. We've got Valentina Tudos coming on again today. Again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. So, today we're going to talk about dating, but not any old dating. Dating after divorce. Should I leave? Because this, this strikes <laughs> yeah. me very much as a conversation you'll be having one-on-one yeah. with Valentina. What was it back in your day? Was it courting? Courting? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, you'd trivially ask, you know, Whoever owns the woman, uh, <laughs> if it is okay for for me to take her out for for some lunch or something. Um, now it's all um, sliding into DMs, ghosting, hookups, apps. Do you know any of those words? I'm aware what an app is. Yeah. I've heard of the term ghosting. Mm-hmm. Sliding into a DM, yeah. no idea. <laughs> what do you think it is? Sliding into a DM. Yeah. Um, I'm going to assume that. Your relationship has taken a downward turn, and you're just relating by communicating via direct messenger uh, because you can't face to see each other face to face. It's very specific. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, no, it means sending someone a message, just direct messaging them, like so on why, like why on you, Instagram, like, "Hey, girl." Then why are you sliding into a DM? I don't know. I don't make it up. Because that sounds like you know, if you're sliding into something. <laughs> 
It sounds like it's, it's, a, it's a regression from where you were before. <laughs> That'll be sliding out. You're sliding out of someone's DMs immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's what happens on, on the regression path throw down. You've gone from seeing them physically one-to-one to sliding into DM because you don't want to see them physically. And then it's gone so badly, you slide it out of DM. <laughs> so now you've got no communication with them. You sound so old right now. <laughs> I'm literally one year older than you. <laughs> literally one year older. You seem a lot older. How do you think you'd get on trying to date now? Oh, God. I mean, he's, I think there is a genuine um, paradox, right? When I wasn't with my wife, I was rubbish at dating. Like, mm-hmm. I could not pick up on cues. I could not pick up on signs. I couldn't even figure out if someone actually liked me. I was useless, right? I mm-hmm. had no confidence. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm married, I feel like, pfft. I am 100% super confident that if I was out there now, I would be on a roll, knowing full well that the moment if anything happened to my relationship and I was put in that situation, I would be useless. Yeah. I think there's something about being in a relationship that makes yeah. you feel like you have a superpower when it comes to dating, yeah. only for it to disappear the moment you need that yeah. superpower. I think the anxiety creeps in when you're actually single. You feel very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine you're dating, you're yeah. single, you'd never been married before, Yeah. Um, no kids, mm. and you met someone, got on with them. Yeah. When do you think she should drop in that she's divorced with kids? I mean, it's, I think it's, it's more important down to down to the other person who has got that information on mm. is this something they're doing which is just a bit of fun, that they have no intention of turning into a relationship, or is this something they see as being a, something they, they want to turn into a relationship and then making making it come out but I guess you can't you can never know that right until yeah. you really get to know someone yeah. and in which case you've probably gone too far down the path <laughs> saying well that's a fundamental trust issue you've just broken <laughs> by not disclosing that yeah so I've um, I've done I've experimented with this yeah um, and <laughs> when you don't tell someone you get you can find yourself getting so caught out right people are like so why do you live in DB and I'm like I just love hiking, nature. <laughs> and they're like, do you have roommates or do you live on your own? I'm like, yeah, two two roommates. Um, <laughs> don't pay rent, super messy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so messy, I had to get a helper. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I've done the other way where I've been very honest at the beginning. Yeah. Like, just to let you know. And most of the time, guys have been like, that's fine. Yeah. Because... It, I think my theory is that they're either like, well, it's not going to go anywhere anyway, mm. or they're a bit more progressive. But I have had a few guys being like, absolutely not interested at all. Yeah. And then I'm glad I've got it out of the way. Yeah, right. I mean, surely, yeah, in that yeah. case, it's probably better, right? Like, yeah. if that's going to be their reaction, yeah. better know now than waste several hours and days and months of your yeah. precious time. Yeah, exactly. If I was in that situation, it would probably just get out of the way, just saying, look, this is my situation. And then it's like, great all right if this is going to move on any further this at least we're now in a place of transparency right mm. and then if it doesn't progress then good yeah you've, you've saved yourself a lot of time mm. but also like you know i think you know as we get older i think it, and depending on the age group range you're dating uh mm. <laughs> you go for um i think it's, it's going to be the prob the, the realistic is it the probability the probability is going to be more often than not that is the situation yeah. right it's not mm. like yeah. it's not like in your 20s yeah in your early 20s and you're kind of coming in saying got two kids <laughs> You know, we're past that by a few years. Yeah, yeah. And um, I found sometimes it's been in my favour a bit because the guy's sort of, it's like the pressure's off. Well, she's already got her kids, so yeah. she's not going to be wanting to hunker down anytime soon. Right. <laughs> Mastermind Kids Questions. 
So we've not had mastermind questions for a while because our kids have been boring. Yeah. Yeah, not many fun questions been going on. Did you um, did you get one recently? I did get one. Harrison asked me what happens if you don't have a brain. How did he interpret the question, or was it just literally that? I don't. He just looked me dead in the eye as if he was observing <laughs> me. <laughs> what happens if you don't have a brain? So I see you this one Saturday morning or something. Yeah. Yeah. Always, always, <laughs> brutally early yeah. on a Saturday morning. And, and what was your response? Um, I told him that your body can't function without it. Factual. Yeah. But I did do a little bit of research. Yeah. You can function with half a brain. What do you mean half a brain? Yeah, I just read it. As in, like, if you had half of your brain missing, yeah, you could still function. Yeah. Which half? <laughs> I don't know. That's the top bit. <laughs> Maybe that's what I've been doing. <laughs> do you know anything about that? No. I mean, literally, other than the fact that if you don't have a brain, you are dead. Yeah, I, d- I didn't want to say that. I don't Why not? Just go in straight. I, the number of times, like, I would say that to my kids, you, you would die. <laughs> Why, why do you keep saying that to them? <laughs> Can I have a cookie? No, because you will die. You will die. Um, God, it's a factual answer, isn't it? It's like, mm. well, no, you'd be dead. <laughs> have you not talked about death? No. I don't know when we brought it up as a talk. I think it's just been one of those things that just comes up. That sounds so fun in your house, honestly. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Saturday morning. A little sit down talk about death. Yeah, probably on animals dying. Yeah. Or watching nature documentaries like that flamingo. Yeah. Like, did you ever watch the one with, um, like, on uh, the David Attenborough on Netflix? It's so you got these flamingos oh, that yeah, appear yeah. on the salt lakes of Africa, and yeah. uh, and as the water is evaporating, you're still left with like really salty water, and the water calcifies around the young chicklin's leg, and that 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 chick <laughs> it ain't making it. <laughs> that one, it's gonna die. Oh. And we have that discussion saying that one's gonna die. Harrison's pretty obsessed with that. He's so interested in it. Like, um, he always asks me questions about like animals having fights and does that mean they're dead? He's he's a, I don't know. Like, he went to go watch the new Lion King. Yeah. So the new one, is, it's really good. Yeah. And like we came out of the cinema, I was like, oh, what was your favorite part? Mm. And he said when the hyenas fell into the fire. But I mean, yeah, that's because the hyenas are the bad guys. So <laughs> yeah. he wanted them to be vanquished. That's fair. <laughs> Okay. Well, in your death family, you guys. Everyone's favourite bit. You can tell the difference between good. I mean, what's your favourite bit? Um, when Simba comes back to Pride Rock. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So we have Valentina Tudos here again today. And she is a dating and relationship coach, hypnotherapist, and sex expert. Welcome back. Hello. Hello. Good to be here again. Yes, back in the booth. Back in the booth. Tudos, that's an easy name to remember right now. Um, are you double vexed? Absolutely. Very good. Are you, Bev? Yeah, of course I am. Good. Of course I am. Jived in the moment I could. <laughs> Same. So, um, talking about little pricks. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we talk about dating after divorce? Sounds very appropriate. You ready, Bev? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to sit back, um, not say much, and, 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 and listen in so I can have banter with my single friends about the stuff you guys talk about so I seem knowledgeable <laughs> about the scene. So do you have a lot of clients who are dating after divorce? Yes, definitely. Obviously, Hong Kong is, uh, or I say obviously, it's from my perspective, but Hong Kong is known as the graveyard of relationships. Oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah, well, um, unfortunately not for most people. But I do see separation and divorce as a, as a big opportunity for growth. Um, so when people do go through such a traumatic life experience, I help them um, take the beauty out of that in the, in the sense of uh, seeing the relationship that has ended as, a, as an opportunity for growth, to learn about yourself, to figure out why did you choose a certain person? How did that person meet your vision, whether it was a conscious or unconscious choice? Uh, and um, what can you do with that? And how can you take that into your next relationship in a positive way as opposed to holding on to the pain and the toxicity and the hatred and the jealousy and the rejection? So I do work with a lot of people as my, let's say, core target is like women uh, after 40. That tends to be mm -hmm. pretty much the, the phase in our life when we kind of decide that we're done with yeah. having children or we're done with our first big relationship. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been an interesting experience to, to be in this camp, so to speak, as you know, I've been single now for three years, not because of divorce. So yeah, I have the mm -hmm. same experiences as a lot of my clients. Yeah. Sometimes we date the same people. <laughs> <laughs> but does the does the is it the kids that causes the divorce, or is it just the fact that you're at a different stage in your life and you want to move on and do something else, and that's when the realization hits that you don't want to be with that person? Like, is are there common traits? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, I think following on from our last episode, the kids do create a disconnect in a relationship. They they sometimes do cause a lack of intimacy. They do cause issues um, mostly because with the kids in the mix parents realize that actually they don't really have that much in common <laughs> and that they actually got together with the specific purpose of having children and when especially when the children grow up a little bit and they maybe go to college or something like that the parents kind of find themselves in a like well we're kind of strangers we don't really have much in common and we don't even have really the same values the same goals 
Um, so I don't know if it's the kids. We, we can't really blame them. <laughs> it wasn't their choice. I mean, like, they didn't yes. they didn't choose to come into this world. Mm. So I think the the parents do yeah. need the adults need to take yeah. responsibility for that. And you know, obviously, again, obviously from my perspective, if you work on your relationship. Your kids never have to be the catastrophe that they could be if you do not maintain that lover's bubble. So I would say to answer your question directly, it's really a combination of um, what people want at different stages of their life, Mm -hmm. how much they've nurtured their relationship and their connection during the time that they've been together, whatever, 10, 15, 20 years, and what they actually want to achieve for themselves at Mm -hmm. that time. Because we do evolve, we do change. And I can't remember if I said this last time, but for me, the path of a successful couple is really growing together. Because if you don't grow together, you grow apart. Yeah. So I've got a question. Do you find people come in, um, clients of yours, and they end up dating people who are completely opposite to who they married? Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> yeah. why would you want to repeat the same thing? <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. if you just repeat the same people or marry the same person again, it means you haven't learned your lesson. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the things that I, I focus on with my mm. clients. Like, what is the pattern? If you keep dating the same type of guy or the same type of girl, yeah. regardless of your gender and sex and so on, and you keep getting the same results, which presumably is not a positive one, otherwise you wouldn't keep seeing me. There's obviously a problem here. So Mm -hmm. let's identify what is it that attracts you to the same kind of person Mm -hmm. and why you are not choosing someone different. But, you know, that can totally be um, part of the fun. You don't really want to repeat the same story. Yeah. And I'm sure you've had some interesting experiences. Yeah, yeah. So I've been single for a while. Um, So was very new to dating in the, the modern world. Um, and there's been some things that I've loved and there's some things I've really not enjoyed. Mm. Um, but we can start on the things that I've enjoyed. And Always s- good to start on a yeah, positive start, note, right? Start on it, we can end, end off the, with the negative. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the biggest takeaway for me was like um, getting to learn about myself. Because sometimes, you know, when you've been a mum and you've been a wife for so long you forget who you are you a little bit you know a bit of a narcissistic way but just having all the attention on me for an hour someone asking me questions that is not narcissism that's literally how we feel <laughs> validated so don't worry about it yeah so yeah I, I, that, that was my biggest thing is just sort of um figure out figuring out who i i was again um the new me the new like post-marriage me and i yeah i really enjoyed that but that's the beauty of new relationships and new people mm, right yeah. i i always think of relationships if you like as mirrors every person comes into our life to really shine a light on a part of us that maybe in a certain context was not really expressed and the definition or or this sense of I'm a mother I'm a wife I'm a professional woman I'm a boss you know all these different descriptions that we use to create our you know, we don't have a multiple scenario, multiple personality disorder, but it, we are multifaceted. There are many different parts of us that sometimes we suppress. And I think the beauty of dating after being a mother and or a father, um, you will always be a mother and a father, but you don't necessarily have to be always defining yourself as, as this person's mm-hmm. wife. 
And there's life after marriage, as we talked last time. Yeah. Uh, I think we started with that joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, this life can be really exciting. Yeah. yeah. Because you are really expressing new parts yeah. of your, your personality. But I can imagine for some people feeling ven- very vulnerable. Yes. You know, and this is a big step. You all of a sudden, wow, what what do I like? Who for, am I? Exactly. Very valu- uh, vulnerable and very lost. Yeah. Because so many relationships end on this note, like I feel lost. I I don't know who I am anymore because I've only defined myself from these perspectives. So when you go out and meet another person and they start asking you these questions about yourself, you kind of go, um, I have two kids. <laughs> yeah. I've been a mom or a dad for 20 years and all that. And I think it's worse. Again, I don't want to gender um, pinpoint here, but we were talking about you were talking about how. Um, how many brownie points you get for being a dad walking around right. with your three kids and going, oh my God, look at him. <laughs> Super dad. Super dad. <laughs> well, what was it? The motherfucking Dilf? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That Thank was you. a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, and yes, mothers don't get that amount of uh, appreciation. So it's only natural that you want to get appreciation, not for being a mother for a change, for being a woman and being yeah. sexy and feeling sexy. And sometimes we don't remember remember what it feels like to feel sexy unless someone is sexually attracted to us yeah I I remember once um I just had my daughter my second child and was she was a newborn and I felt disgusting my I just did not feel myself and I remember I was pushing the pram and I saw this woman who looked so beautiful and glamorous getting on the bus and I just remember thinking oh my god will I ever ever be at that point again (laughs) that's quite sad I know Oh, I did though. <laughs> but yes, this is the beauty of it. It's that it's a motivator. Yeah. You look at that woman and you think, you know what? I don't know if she has three kids at home. Or you could look at her yeah. that way and to yeah. think maybe she has three kids at home. Yeah. And maybe she has been through the same experience as me, you know, um, pushing something out of her <laughs> sex organs or something. Um, but it it can be depressing in that moment, especially if you have you know, issues with self-esteem and all mm-hmm. that, but it can also be motivating and it can be that sort of kick in the butt. Yeah. And yeah. many of my clients, um, when they come to coaching, they can, they get that kick in the butt a little bit because, mm-hmm. and, and even this decision to reach out and say, you know what, I don't know how to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. I've never had to be on a dating app. I don't know how to create a good profile. Yeah. What is a good profile? Yeah. And that usually comes with, well, what is a good profile for what? What yeah. is it that you try to achieve? Because yeah. honestly, if you just want a bit of validation and a couple of one night stands just to feel better about yourself, there is one type of profile that you, you can create. <laughs> yeah. And if you just want to be much more into, well, I want a serious partner mm. and I'm not into mm. playing the field, so to speak, mm. then a very different story needs to be told. So yeah. I facilitate that and I guide my clients. Wow. So personally, the things that I've not enjoyed... Um, I mean, there's a few, but I think the biggest one is trying to like juggle the time mm. and schedule in a date. And, you know, sometimes you'll be talking to someone for a while and you get your hopes up, oh, this is going to be a good one. And you just know, you walk in there and you know almost instantly sometimes that it's just not going to work. But then, you know, you've got a babysitter for the kids, you, you, you're missing bedtime, you know. You, and I, I struggled with... Um, Every date took sacrifice and time from me. And when I was dating people who didn't have children, I don't think they ever really fully 
understood what I was sacrificing to be there at that time. Then sometimes like a guy would be late or last minute cancel and I that upset me quite a lot. Pretty disrespectful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So that's a big a big issue for me and for a lot of uh, women that I know that you know, if we make an agreement to meet, it is a commitment. Um and if you're you know, bailing out and flaking on me that is the ultimate offense yeah my ultimate thing is someone who's like respectful of my time of course because your time is so precious and our time is the most precious resource we have and actually you for you maybe a guy who comes from work you know hasn't dressed differently hasn't done anything Mm. or another woman okay if you were into you know dating different um (laughs) different physical genders um when a person does not respect the amount of effort that you have put in and that doesn't match that amount of effort of course it's going to create an imbalance in a relationship straight up from the beginning yeah because at the beginning you're you're trying to figure them out and now I've become so much more like I don't I don't know what the word is but I I uh, try act on my intuition intuition yeah I have a word for you if you want a word for that it's basically a, a, we have two different strategies when we're trying to find a partner. And the strategy that has been placed in our head is called screening in, which means we make a lot of allowances for people. We give them a lot of second and third and fourth chances because we think, oh, maybe but he's tired and maybe his boss is busting his balls or, you know, maybes. Every mm-hmm. time you start, you catch yourself thinking, oh, but maybe, oh, you know, when there's a but and there's a maybe, mm-hmm. you're making an explanation for mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. actually is bothering you. Mm-hmm. Are these red flags? We can call them red flags if you want. But mm-hmm. for me is when someone, you know instinctively when something doesn't work for you. The problem is because of this screening in scenario that has been planted in our head that you should give people a second chance. Come on. We create a story around why they might be disrespectful, why they might be not, um, you know, putting in the effort and so on. And when we do that, we're actually teaching them that it's okay to continue with that behavior. And then it gets really annoying. And then one day you're going to like scream at them and going, but you never pay attention to me and you don't do this and da, da, da. And it sounds a little bit like you're complaining and like, and then you get labeled, you're such a bitch, you're such a yeah. terrible person. Well, I've done this all the time throughout this relationship and you haven't said anything. So now suddenly you make it a big deal. Yeah, because I was trying to be nice and I was yeah. like settling and I was screening in. Yeah. So my strategy is the opposite. It's called screening out. So when I meet someone new or when I work with a client who wants to have a better dating experience, I say, look, go to the date with the perspective of finding something, not looking for, you know, reasons to end it, but pay attention and be very, very um, neutral about reasons why the relationship would not work. Instead of trying to make it work, to to fill in the gaps when it's not working with these maybes and these explanations, look out for those things that are so fundamentally bothering you and pay attention to your intuition because you're going to know straight away. Like you said, you go into a date and within 30 seconds, you know that that is a no. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like this. It's like three buckets. When I, when I look at people, it's like I meet one person and if it's a hell yes... Like straight away, I will know within 30 seconds to three minutes, uh, we can make a decision whether we like that person and we're going to want to continue to date them for whatever reason. Of course, it's physical most of the time. Right. 
And then you can spend the rest of the date, whatever it is, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, not much longer, no dinner dates, no alcohol involved. That's just my rule uh, for a first date because you need to be able to listen to that intuitive kick that you get. Then you spend the time exploring a little bit what that would look. Now, if it's a hell no, straight up, I finish that date in 15 minutes. Wow. How do you do that? Oh, I usually prepare. I have an exit strategy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I tell people, oh, I've got something that I need to do afterwards. So I can only fit you in within this period of time. Um, and if they like it, okay. If they think that I'm a bitch, well, too bad. That's already a deal breaker. Yeah. Because I am a bitch. So <laughs> if you don't want to so date me, too bad for you. This is this is one of my deal breakers, is when I date someone and they've only got negative things to say about their exes. Oh, God. Oh, she was a psycho. Oh, she's crazy. I'm like, what did you do to make her crazy? Cause exactly. It's a relationship. A relationship, yeah. by definition, means two people. Yeah. Behaviors in, impact and interact with each other. Um, so, of course, there are these like typical red flags, like negative, um, flaky, um, critical, judgmental, disrespectful to waiters. I mean, there are like basic, basic stuff that we can uh, immediately see. And actually, you can see really if you just talk with someone on, on Tinder or any dating apps or even in a bar, if you just randomly meet people, you can immediately once you become really aware of what works for you and what doesn't work for you, you can immediately spot those things that don't work. So yeah. you can screen out straight away. Yeah. What do you think about um, being upfront with people at the beginning by saying, I am looking for something serious? Do you think that's, that will scare off the right people or just scare off the wrong people? I think it depends how you do it. Mm. Um, I am a big fan of clarity. I think it's really important that people don't get misled because we have such a tendency to make shit up in our head, right? So if we leave the things wishy-washy, we create the opportunity for the other person to imagine that the relationship is how they see it, this fantasy that we create. So I like clarity. Um, people ask me, you know, what are you looking for? I don't really like that question a lot, but whatever. So my story now is I'm looking for a part-time boyfriend. <laughs> so it's been really successful. Since I put that on my Tinder profile, people are like, oh, what does that mean? Where do I apply? What do I have to do? What is the job description? Right. So I put it there more as a joke and as a, as a trigger for conversation. Mm -hmm. And also because things are never black and white. You know, do I know that I, I'm looking just for the my future husband? Not that I'm into marriage, but different story. No, I don't. Until I actually meet you. Maybe you're a one-night stand. Maybe you're someone that will become friends with benefits. And maybe, you know, we spend two days together and we figure out that actually we want to get married. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that could work the other way around. But I'm just trying to think, like, if, I, if on a male bio, if we were to say, looking for a part-time girlfriend, I think that would be... Oh, guys will. They will, yes. and then yeah. women respond to that yeah. kind of. Yes. Guys. Well, I, I mean, if they want to, <laughs> right. I, I've seen guys saying um, they'll put on their profile um, emotionally un so unavailable, emotionally unavailable, but we'll show you a good time. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, there are people who specifically put out there, then, and this is also where you can get baggage, right? Mm. No one night stands, no drama queens, no high expectations, and you know, okay, well. Honestly, when there's drama queen, there's also someone who's causing the drama, yeah. which is not yeah. usually the queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the king. Yeah. The, the story that I, I guide my clients through is that 
ultimately a, a balanced relationship implies that you have good chemistry, good sex appeal, attraction with each other, but also good compatibility. And the way you're looking at me, you're thinking, mm, am I really compatible? <laughs> <laughs> but it really um, does change. If people are more focused, as you say, on compatibility, it means that if you know what I call the compatibility score, as in, I know those things that makes a person uh, compatible with me. In fact, um, I will share with you later, I have a, a mind map of my ideal relationship, uh, which is really daunting for a lot of people. But I have a lot of clarity since I was talking about clarity. And this is an exercise that I do with my clients. So I ask them to, to really think about their ideal relationship. What are those things that must be in the relationship? And this is not about telling that I or putting on paper that I want someone who's like 182 blue eyes short hair long hair it's not about the person but it's more about the quality of the relationship that I want to create so if I say that I want to be with someone who is passionate sure passion in bed is important but one of the key questions that I I use in my you know first um, date is what are you passionate about what makes you full of energy and stuff and that's much more important than what are you looking for because we don't really know what we're looking for most people can't find a, a partner because they don't actually know what their ideal partner looks like do you find um a difference when you do that exercise with your male clients and female clients in terms of what the output is on that mapping I don't know if it's uh, gender specific. Um, I think most of us don't have clarity. So this exercise really helped people, first of all, understand what is it that's important for them. And it really helps with this uh, compatibility score. And it really helps with identifying deal breakers. Because if I look at my map and I meet someone, let's say, uh, which has happened two years ago. So I, I didn't have a map at the time. I just had a list of core, you know, what I call requ uh, relationship requirements. And I met this person and it literally was like tick, 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 tick all the boxes. And I was like, wow, okay, this is interesting. But then it didn't work out because I realized I'd forgotten two important things that were kind of, they are even more fundamental and I kind of assumed they were there, but they weren't about the person being ready for a relationship and the person being available for a relationship. This guy was still entangled with someone else. So I was like, oh, okay, well, so this is the example of how each person teaches you something. Even if the, that relationship didn't go too far, it really taught me that it's important to remember everything. Mm -hmm. And having this clarity really helps. Now, of course, when I show a guy that map, mm -hmm they just kind of go, oh, <laughs> how am I ever going to meet all of these uh, requirements? But what I have to explain to them is like, it's not about you. It's about us. Yeah. Can we build this together? Yeah. So uh, talking about kind of dating after divorce or separation, when you kind of are still entangled in some way to your ex, like, do you have any advice for people who are you know, looking for a relationship, who are, still have almost that entanglement, like you're co-parenting or you're going through a divorce or... Yeah, there needs to be even more clarity. And um, the more emotional, you know, so there are like, I think, different levels of entanglements after a divorce, right? So there's the obvious, we need to care for our children together. Sometimes people need to live together, co-parent and all that. But the big problem um, that stops people from having positive relationships with that is all the 
the resentment. It's all the the jealousy, the feeling rejected, and it's like, oh, I'm not good enough, so you chose to go and you know have an affair with someone else. So all this stuff, all these negative emotions, need to be detangled. So when I work with someone who's in that situation, we do a lot of work on. Um, looking for the benefits, for the the beauty of the lessons that you've learned in that relationship. Because if you stay in this space of hatred and, uh, you know, I I absolutely hate, even in the way that you define your ex-partner, even the word my ex, people say, oh, my ex, or, you know, they have all these um, very negative expressions that still tells you that there's an emotional entanglement. So I usually... um, go through a whole process of letting go of the past with the client that I'm working with who wants to move on before I teach them how to date again. Because if you still have that energy in you, that connection with that person, even if it's no longer love, but it's, you know, hatred, jealousy, whatever, it stops you from from meeting someone else because you're going to be in that energy. And whoever you meet, consciously or unconsciously, is going to realize that you're not really available. Okay, you might be available for a one-night stand, for a short, you know, whatever, uh, short-term relationship. But ultimately, if you do have a deep connection with this new person, but you still get dragged into the ex-relationship and all that, it will damage you going forward. Mm -hmm. Or it will damage the quality of your relationship. And I know many people who come to me and say, oh, but he hasn't or he, she hasn't dealt with the ex the ex can still call him or her and make a big fuss and of course that I know actually I have a lot of clients who are in this situation Mm -hmm. who have moved on but their ex is still a part of their life and so there's a lot of work that needs to be done before you are fully available it sounds like there's a lot of work you need to do before you should even go out dating right like the way you're talking about it feels like going out without doing this preparation without having this clarity you're significantly more likely to waste your time and 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 emotional and energy and other people's time and others to people's time. Yeah. So I mean, is it? I mean, is it too too blanket to say that? Gain that clarity first. Absolutely. Before um, you even dip your toes in the pool. Yeah, because if you're not ready, how do you expect to be with someone who's ready? Yeah, right. Your energy will will carry into any new relationship, and yes. <laughs> there is this joke that says the best way to get over a guy is to go under another. Yeah. But it doesn't last. Rebound relationships are really just a band-aid that actually end up hurting you and the other person. Yeah. So you're kind of involving another person in your mess. So I've also heard it described as um, like monkeys like swinging through the trees. They won't let go of one branch until they've got another branch. Exactly. But that's normal because we want to feel safe, right? We don't really, uh, in the in the single dating world, this idea of having one person that is your like main relationship, let's say, and having side pieces, it's actually called cushioning. So you're cushioning the blow. If one person leaves you, well, I have two other three people that are kind of waiting there that I've been maybe breadcrumbing. <laughs> I'm sure you're familiar <laughs> with these or maybe not. Maybe you're not familiar with what breadcrumbing no. he means. Likes bread, he likes to eat breadcrumbs. Uh, yeah, big fan of breadcrumbs. But, um... <laughs> breadcrumbing means giving people just a little, just enough attention to keep them hooked and to give them the illusion that something more would be happening, but never going on a date with them. Just, uh, you know, hey, stranger them at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, booty calling them every now and then yeah. just to to get your send own. Send me a picture. Fix. Send me a photo. Oh yeah, yeah. Send me send me a picture. Like, uh, can I see your boobs? Yeah. <laughs> um, all that stuff. Or can I send? Do you want to see my dick? I'm yeah. like, no. 
Why? No, no one wants to see that. It's like, seriously, what am I going to do with it? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I actually have a bigger collection of dick pics than you could possibly (laughs) imagine, whether I like it or not, just because they end up in my inbox. Frame it, put it up on your wall. In no, although I think it could be quite an interesting piece of art. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll but give no. our Basil a call. I'm sure our Basil will put that one up. <laughs> um, so, Bav, yeah. if you were to be dating again, yeah. what would your red flags be? I mean, I think one thing would be I would have to do this clarity exercise to be absolutely sure I know what my red flags are. But I think knowing enough about me is that there need to be someone that's at least cultured Right, like I, nothing would wind me up more. If it was like if the suggestion was let's go for drinks at Staunton's, I'd be like, going, okay, <laughs> well, that, that's that's not happening. Um, uh, that uh, you only end up in Staunton's when it's two in the morning and you're pissed off your face. <laughs> it is not a first choice for anything, and it would have to be someone that's um, you know at least travelled, lived, you know, done stuff that's that's interesting, right? So they have a passion. So I actually have on my website a, a free downloadable uh, how to make your profile, <laughs> really? um, like your online dating profile. You know, your listeners can go in and check it out. And I do have a lot of these examples, like terrible, terrible examples of dating apps, uh, profiles where people are just putting so much rubbish it's like generic isn't it part of it is generic others are uh, literally rants about their previous exes and stuff like that like or like this like yeah i saw a guy on um, bumble his pictures were his wedding photos right (laughs) he's like i look good in these (laughs) (laughs) it's ridiculous honestly but um i think if you do it as a joke is one yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, if you do it because you're serious, that's that's how crazy you are. <laughs> then obviously you're screening people out very, very easily. Yeah. You know? Bab and I were talking earlier about dating again after kids and when you should bring that into conversation mm. when you're chatting to someone. Yeah. What is your advice there? I think it depends on what your goal is with any relationship. Like, are you dating... Uh, with the intention of just meeting people, you know, dating recreationally, as I call it? Or do you really just want to kind of weed out all these time wasters and F-boys and and all that stuff? Because if you want to end things quickly with an F-boy, you just tell them that you're a mother. Such a minefield. (laughs) It is. Dating these days is a bit of a minefield, but it's it's also fun. So what I want to maybe let the listeners uh, take out of it is that it is a beautiful, uh, it can be a very beautiful way of, of meeting people, of uh, being excited about new things in life, learning new things. We were talking about your deal breakers, about people being interesting. Um, the best way for people to be interesting is to be interested in what the other person has to say. And that's why food and travel is such a boring thing, because it's like, <laughs> please do not tell me about all the dishes that you had in some <laughs> random restaurant in Taiwan or somewhere. I do not care. Yeah. There are a lot of um, beautiful experiences that you can have, but I think it all depends on your mindset and and being clear on what is it that you want. Because if you go into the dating world thinking, oh, I'm going to find my next uh, Prince Charming, well, it's probably not going to happen. And I say Prince Charming just as a figure of speech, obviously. Um, But if you go into it with the goal of, learning things about yourself and discovering what you like, what you don't like, what are some aspects of yourself that you might find exciting in this new context of yourself. I think that can be a lot of fun. And what's really important, I think you pointed out on this whole get your clarity um, pants on, so to speak, um, is is really to, to know what you want, to be clear on what you don't want, 
and to try to figure out very quickly in in any connection that you make whether this is worth investing time or not and just end those don't don't do second chance third chance fourth chance because that's just you wasting your time and you need to be in control of that i tell my clients you have to be the chooser and again without being gender specific sometimes we sit around waiting for the other person to choose us because we think that's kind of how it's meant to be if i go and ask for what i want what if i get rejected mm. but i'm a firm believer that you don't get what you want unless yeah. you ask for what you want i saw something online and it's like you need to stop asking does he like me and ask yourself do i like him yeah when you go on a date people say oh it's a bit like a job interview i said yes it is but you're hiring <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're the one hiring. You're the one with the job description in your mind and go tick tick tick. You're the one who has to ask questions about would this person fit into into your world? And this is the whole screening out, right? Just like you when you're interviewing someone to work for you, you know if they say something that doesn't fit with your idea of what that job would require, you make a decision not to hire them. So I people say that I take the magic out of dating. I think I take the fantasy and the illusion yeah, right. out of dating. And if you put yourself in that kind of director's seat, you're the CEO of your life, right? Oh, I mean, I, th- I think like it's just imp- I, I, what I like about your approach is that it's empowering, mm-hmm. like in the sense that it it's it's not it doesn't feel like a gamble, it doesn't feel like a high risk thing. It's like no, I'm fully in control, and if it doesn't go the way it's meant to, that is absolutely fine because that is one of the scenarios I've planned for. Exactly, and rejection is redirection. Yeah. If someone doesn't choose me, thank you so much. Instead of being, uh, you know upset or angry with this person like being jealous that they chose someone else I go oh thank god for that right. it means you saw something that wasn't working for you and therefore wasting time trying to fill that gap wouldn't work so i'm actually very grateful when people don't choose me especially in the beginning it's like you know what if if this doesn't work for you it's not going to if it doesn't work for us the first time if we don't feel that connection and it's not mutual what's the point you know mm. there's plenty by you know I, i was teaching this to kids the other day and i said that um, by saying no to the things that i don't want i give myself the opportunity to say yes to the things that i do want yeah. so that's my approach with with finding someone that it works for me valentina do you recommend someone who's going through a heartbreak to come and see you and talk to you if they want to get help and to heal quicker yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the sense that you know very often when we are in this state of complete despair that someone hasn't chosen us there's so many emotional implications beyond the this person rejected me uh, i don't feel good enough all the conclusions that we make um, staying stuck in this kind of fantasy story that we tell ourselves like oh this person was like my soulmate yeah. i deal with so many people who come and say and i've had this story as well like oh he's my twin flame or she's my twin flame uh, it's more likely to be a woman who says <laughs> he is my twin flame but yeah. again i don't want to yeah. stereotype Um so in those moments we feel completely alone. We feel completely like the world is ending and there's no hope and there's no motivation to move on and sometimes we think well what's the point if this person doesn't love me I could just you know stop dating like this hurt me so much that mm-hmm. I'm going to put slam a lot of bigger walls yeah. around my heart. Uh, which makes you comp- this is how people become emotionally unavailable yeah. by being hurt so if you do the work then 
One, you can really speed up this process. So I have two kind of scenarios uh, on breakup coaching. This is not what we were supposed to do, but (laughs) since you asked me, well, I'm going to talk about it. So depending on when the breakup happened, if it's something that it's ongoing or something that has just happened, I have a six-week program where I see a client going through this every like once a week. And in between, they, their mind and their body processes the loss and things are changing and we do a little bit of therapy and all that stuff in terms of like dealing with the hurt part and so on. Um, if, it's, if it's a breakup that happened a long time ago and someone is still attached to that, as I've had people come to me after two, three years going, I'm still attached with this person. There's still something that um, I can't really release from me. I do a, a private retreat, a one day. And literally in one day from you know 10 a.m. till 6 p.m., we deal with all that stuff and we release it. And I've done it many times with people. Oh, and it's extremely powerful. And it, it literally feels like, this is the, the feedback that I got from my client, it feels like I can breathe again. Oh. It feels like a huge weight has been lifted from my whole body. It feels like I can now see myself like almost like I'm a different person. So it can be extremely, um, especially when the relationship has been very toxic and you've been stuck in it for a long time, it's extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you if you want to get help or you, you want to wallow a little bit more in the pain. <laughs> yeah. People like to wallow, don't they? Yeah, I have had someone was telling me like, I said, well, look, every time you can reconnect with your ex, Um, it's like having a big wound on your arm that you keep scratching, Mm. you know, and you keep bleeding. And this person Mm. said, well, I think I want to bleed a little bit longer. Mm. Like I, you know, there's this Mm. addictive part of Mm. pain Mm. that, and and hope, you know, so there is this cycle of pain and hope. Yeah, I'm in pain right now, but if I talk to you, I'm going to get more clarity and maybe we have a chance to to rekindle the relationship Mm. or maybe you can make me feel loved again and so on and this is how the the negative cycle starts and it it becomes really difficult which is why the no contact rule in breakups is so powerful well i just want to thank you so much for coming on again and we absolutely love listening to you and everything you say is like it makes so much sense and it's crazy that i feel like i've not heard it before you that's know. a good thing then that I'm yeah. coming on your podcast yeah. because if you invite someone who says the same stuff as others, it's not going to be fun. Yeah, so I really hope people listening like that this, you know, they can they can just absorb what you're saying and, you know. Well, thank you. I really, really enjoyed uh, having these conversations with you and you guys make it so much fun. Yeah. So it's kind of good to have a comedian, two comedians, <laughs> even though you may not this define yourself as a comedian. You are very funny. So, <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, you can have a regular. <laughs> Honestly, we would be so happy to have that, like a monthly. I'd be very happy to come on board because I love podcasting. So, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, that was such a good chat. As always. Yeah. As always. She's so amazing. Can we get Valentina in, like maybe like once a month or something? I think um, so. If she'll do it. Maybe I think you know what we've talked about this, and I don't know if we'll ever have the demand or fame required to make it happen. But if we ever do a live show, hundred percent Valentina has to be on that live show instead of me. I mean, I wasn't going to go there, but now you mention it, <laughs> it, it makes sense. Just cut me out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think she, I think she'd be awesome as a live. Yeah. Girl. On a live show. Yeah, yeah. And how about you? Did you did you get what you needed out of it? Yeah, it was. You know, I've been like living it for like a, a while now, so it was really interesting to hear her perspective on it. 
Yeah. What was your biggest takeaway? I would love to know more about this clarity thing. Like, how does, how do you, um, first of all, go through that process? How do you then work out what are those red flags? And I think, I'm sure if Valentina was still here, it might be something we can have another conversation around sometime in the not too distant future. But it feels like those clarity moments, if you can go through it um, individually and then also do it with your partner while still in a relationship, it probably would be quite insightful to A, understand where are we really what did we actually sign up for and where are some of the red flags that both of us are are currently displaying that we weren't aware of until we've done the clarity exercise so and so for me i think the clarity thing was amazing and i think if i was ever if i ever had to go back on the scene that is the first thing i'll probably do is give valentina a call yep. do that exercise understand my red flags and be well prepared for yeah. the scene can you imagine enjoying the apps I mean, I can imagine enjoying the apps in the sense that, like, I like like perusing through whiskeys that I'd like to buy. Mm-hmm. So, if I was in the realm of just merely objectifying women on like, like, don't like, mm. sure. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, but beyond that, mm. I just find the whole thing like I find it, I find it stressful with with with, with just WhatsApp <laughs> and people messaging me, kind of going, mm. oh fuck, I need to respond to that. Mm. And and then dealing with emails and other comments of communication, having another five channels of people trying to engage with me. No. Yeah, it gets stressful, it gets yeah. overwhelming. It's really fun at first. It's like, woo, you know, yeah. it's like scrolling through like a catalogue or something. What is awful is watching someone do it from the other side. <laughs> <laughs> or you're just peering over someone's yeah. shoulder going, all right, you should lower your standards, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Parenting Club. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. 